Hello, hello. Welcome to Musings of the Heart. This is your host, Elizabeth, aka That Niger Muse. How have you guys been? It's been a minute, I know. I had to take some time off um, because of some um, incident that happened, but, you know, I'm here to talk about it today. So on the 6th of September, um, precisely two days ago, um, an ex-college mate of mine was shot and killed in his own apartment. And um, I didn't really get to know about it till the next Friday. But ever since then, it's been like I had some type of like social withdrawal because it really hit home. But um, it's really, it feels good to have a community that is able to help. And obviously God also giving you the peace of mind that is with him and is in a good place. And the world is not our home anyways. But um I'm also glad that I'm able to talk more objectively now about the case and also about what um, the public knows about it and the fact that justice is still not done. And we are still we still know that the perpetrator of the crime is walking free on the streets. Um, if you're one who is very in tune with the news, you probably know about what I'm talking about already. The shooting that took place in Dallas where a police officer by the name Amber Geiger, who mistakenly went into an apartment that she thought was hers, but in fact belonged to both um, Sean John, um, who was my ex-college mate. Um, we went to the same university. While I don't necessarily have a close relationship with him, we spoke once, probably one like a one-on-one conversation once throughout my stay over at Arkansas. I was only I was only in the university for one year, but um, everybody who knew both of them knew that it was a is a going well-behaved and friendly young man, and he had a great life a great future ahead of him he embraced everybody and was very active in the school he partook in so many social organizations within the school he served the community he even ran for a student body president and um, so you can imagine my shock when I heard the news it would be the last person that I would hear of that that's that's something like that would happen too but it already happened and um yeah even though i have so many questions as i know most people in the public do this this is one thing we know that both of them were shot dead by amber geiger in his own apartment and we're still waiting for the full story we're still waiting for justice to be served um, but today I have with me a guest who is a friend who went to the same university, um, Harding University in Arkansas, and um, we share something. All interna- we're all international students. I thought it would be really good to really talk about this issue as um, I've heard some people trying to deny the fact that this is a police brutality case, and you know we're just going to talk about the fact that is this really a police brutality case? Um, is Black Lives Matter the issue um, about the whole Black Lives Matter? Is this still a topic of exigency? And how does this change where the Black Lives we're talking about now is not necessarily the African American who um, probably was involved in drugs or didn't obey traffic or whatever it is that they use as an excuse? How does that change? When, how does the narrative change when the person in top in um, question is a foreigner from St. Lucia who is 
is a going and he was in his own apartment he had the right to be in his own apartment at that time of the day but yet again he was shot dead so um and now i'm going to be joined by dominic um dominic hi <laughs> hey elizabeth thanks for asking me to do this with you thank you thank you for coming i know you have a like very busy schedule thank you for taking time out to be on here today no problem. <laughs> so can you tell us just a little bit about yourself, um, what you're doing right now, and also your relationship with um, both of them? Okay, so like Elizabeth, like you had mentioned already, uh, I go to Harding as well. We both met uh, while we were here for undergrad, um, and I am done with undergrad now and currently in my last year of pharmacy school here at Harding as well. Um, I Yes, finally. <laughs> <laughs> I am from the Bahamas, and yes, I'm an international student as well. Um, I actually met both of them my first weekend in Arkansas ever, Uh, like during orientation time. He's one of the first people I met. My parents were here, and so they also met him and had probably longer talks with him than I even had uh, just in that short space of time. And then um, I had interacted with him briefly just through going to college church a few times and seeing him around campus, um, things like that. Uh, And just being a Caribbean student, you sort of get to know the other Caribbean students, (laughs) especially in a school as small as Harding. So (laughs) we were familiar with each other. I wouldn't say we were close friends, but we were familiar with each other, yeah. Right, right. And what was your reaction when you first heard the news about his um, death? And the I oh I honestly didn't have words. I heard about it actually that Friday. Um, my roommate from undergrad, her name is Aubrey, and she and both of them um probably spent a lot of time together as well, just because they had similar majors. So being in the same building, they'd see each other often. Right. She sent me a link to the new one of the news reports, um, and I was getting ready to walk up the door to head to one of my internships and I was reading through it just wondering you know why would she send me this news link on Facebook I was confused until I got to the paragraph that had both them's name in it mm-hmm. and I just closed it I closed it because I was like no that's that's not right mm-hmm. this something is wrong with this this article is wrong that's what I thought I didn't have words I was like, this This is wrong. This is not true at all. You know, I just was in a lot of shock and disbelief. Yeah, I, I felt the same way. I remember the first time Aubrey shared the, uh, the post on Facebook, my actual my actual comment on it was, no, 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 this is not real. Mm-hmm. Like, it can't be real. Like, what? It, it, was, it, it just seemed so strange and especially the circumstance surrounding the whole story about the fact that he was minding his own business in his mm-hmm. house doing whatever and then you know and something crazy like that could still happen but we thank god because we know that um as christians is in a better place right now and in his with god mm-hmm. so we rejoice in that but, that's true yeah so um just talking about police brutality and the fact that there have been similar well not necessarily similar but there's been issues about the fact that 
police have been they've been kind of misusing their power and especially um targeting black people and people of color um in similar incidences where people are not really given the chance to um kind of defend themselves and their lives are taken within the wimp of like before you know the snap of a finger do you think Uh this case qualifies as a police brutality case because we know that the woman was not on duty she was she wasn't working as an active policeman at that point however she was she still had a uniform she shot him with her um duty gun so do you think this qualifies as a police brutality case I do, because even though she clocked out at work, you can't unlearn training. True. You know, I I will never be able to understand or justify why in any situation police officers respond like that. Because in my mind, you spend however much time in training to deal with suspicious circumstances, to deal with high stress, high intensity circumstances because you're supposed to be protecting and serving. And so you may clock out at the end of the day, but your brain does not clock out of that training Mm -hmm. as far as I think about it. So I do think this is a case of police brutality. But at the same time, I think the law needs to deal with her the same way it would deal with the civilian, because this wasn't something that she was doing um, on a call to, to, investigate anything there was no criminal activity happening when she showed up there so it was just like a regular person that happened to be a police officer going and murdering someone else right right and do you buy the whole story about her um like not knowing that it was not her apartment like how absurd does that story sound to you sorry like even even in the dark, I would know if I'm in the wrong place or not. Because if you call the place home, and obviously I, I read an article that said she just moved in. But that fact, the fact that you just moved in, the place might still seem a little strange. So maybe you still have boxes somewhere. Like, you would you, know. I, I don't know. I feel like everybody would know when they're in their own place versus when they're, they're not in their own place. And obviously, um, there's also a place in the article that talked about both of them had a bright red rug. In mm-hmm. front of the apartment, you know all those little cues. Do you think? I and I also saw an article like two, I think yesterday that talked about the fact that she actually puts in a complaint, um, probably a few weeks before then that there was noise coming from the upper, upper apartments, and ding ding ding, the upper apartment belongs to both of them. Do you think she really just walked in there accidentally, or she probably had like a motive of going in there? I just cannot believe that there's such a thing as accidentally walking into someone else's apartment. Um, I have lived in multiple different places. And yes, some of them look the same, but you just know. And my thing is, you know, she, the first, you know, set of reports was that, oh, she had worked a long shift. She was so tired. But she wasn't too tired to drive to the right place. She wasn't too tired to clock out properly. Mm -hmm. She didn't forget to clock out. She wasn't too tired to get her things out of her locker and drive to the right location up until she got there. Mm -hmm. Um, I know me when I get somewhere, when I go get home, I have to get my keys out 
And just the simple fact of taking your time to take your keys and make sure you got your keys, make sure you got the stuff that you need. Um, and then you get to the door. You get to the door, you put your key in and it's not working. Mm-hmm. Something something should alarm you. Like, like you even said, you know, he had a red rug in the front of his door. Right. Don't you realize uh, something is not right? This is not here. Um, even something as small as that. The other day I got I got a rug. A, a black rug not even anything bright color I got a rug um and it wasn't there all the while and when my roommate got back because she had been gone for a month when she got back that was one of the first things she noticed she said this wasn't here the whole time <laughs> you you right. notice exactly you notice things mm-hmm. so I just I don't when I when I read that she accidentally went into the wrong apartment I was like, well, did he did he have the door just I really thought I was like, oh, well, his door must have been wide open. Mm -hmm. And he was just just there with the door wide open. Well, how else could you walk into somewhere accidentally? Right. And I she said something about like the lights were off as well. Um, I don't know how I feel about that, because if the lights were off possibly it may have been off because it was nighttime if mm-hmm. was probably trying to sleep or something but then she said it, the, the door was slight, slightly open but then she tried a key it didn't work and that was what made her pull out a weapon because she thought she was getting um she was getting mugged uh, like there was a burglar in the house so my question is that even if it was our own apartment and there was somebody in there and all of that circumstances, was it even the right call for you to kill somebody just because they're in your apartment? What if it was like a service person probably just fixing your lights or something? And, you know, they were, they were just about to wrap up and be on their way. Like, there would be no questioning, no asking what's going on. You just open fire and boom, boom. Pow. Right. Like, I don't Right. Know. It just, and... I agree, Elizabeth. None of it. The the what I realized the problem is is that we as logical people are trying to make sense of something that does not make sense. It really does. There's so many holes and clearly so many lies. There is no sense to be made of it. Yeah, for real. And do you hear about the videos that were um made public on Instagram about her, the um, police woman when she was pacing the hallway? And all of that. Did you see the video at all? Mm-hmm. Yes, I saw. I saw a video from the girl that uh, lives in that one of the girls that lives in that apartment complex as well. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you noticed, but like that kind of actually negates the statements the police officer made, like the time frame and everything she quoted. Like it doesn't correlate with the video we have. And so far till now um even though the police was arrested the police woman was arrested now she's out on bail and she's walking free and we also heard that the search warrants was released to search his own apartment and there were several things found in there among those things were like the you know catches of the the um the bullets were shot with and then they found like is it marijuana and the grinder and all of those things and even though there's, we haven't found anything about this policewoman, we still yet to see the result of her um, a DUI. Maybe she was driving under the, under the influence. We're yet to see anything. We're yet to know 
much more details, but we see that the first thing I think it was Fox News that produced the news about how they found Mary Joanna in Botham's apartment and trying to paint him as somebody who they maybe the police had a reason to shoot him or something mm-hmm. like that. Like I have noticed something about this country, even though um I am not from this country and I've only lived here for so many years, but it seems that almost um whenever somebody is killed especially a person of color and it's it's not really like a there's not really a clear reason to kill them they always want to go back and search for something yeah pin on them like oh this is probably why the person deserves to die and Mm -hmm. um what do you have to say about that um i agree with you elizabeth like you say you know you haven't been here long i haven't either i came here in 2012 and Shortly after that is when, you know, Trayvon Martin was murdered. Right. And it's just been a a string, a string of things happening these years. And I recognize that as well. Like, the first thing the media and those involved want to do is make it seem as if this person, they deserve the kind of death that they got. You know, they want to try to erase the fact that this is still a human life this is someone's brother Mm -hmm. um mother father like some sort of relationship someone's child right it's like they want to ignore that or erase that and say oh well you know this person have a history of um getting in trouble with the police or this person have a history of traffic violations in both of them's case you know there are people that have met him in every stage of his life and it was only good things and so here they are oh well yeah y'all saying all these good things but uh we found marijuana (laughs) you know right like and i've i've said to people you know because it's very clear that botham's character and his like devotion to the lord Mm -hmm. spoke for itself but i say to people as well both of them could have been the worst person running the streets, doing the worst things. At the end of the day, it is still not, um, it still does not make his life less valuable. Exactly. It doesn't make anyone, oh, well, they deserve it because they did things that the society approves of. And here it is now, both of them was doing everything that society says to do. Mm-hmm. He came from a good prominent family was very kind was devoted to the lord from a young age Mm. evangelized did mission work uh, made connections with different people from different parts of this country and across the world never had any trouble with the law Mm. um even notice all the pictures that they have of him in the media it's him smiling it's him in a suit it's him with other friends just there's nothing that nothing that they could could have reasonably said. You know, he was literally doing everything that society says. Oh, you know what? You need to do and be a good person. Yeah. And still, now in his death, they want to try to make it seem like, oh, well, actually, maybe he wasn't as good as y'all say he is. Yeah. Right. And so I think it's a tactic for sure. It is, and like they're putting all the the focus on both them, and we're still. What what I, why I'm so perplexed is the fact that we've not heard anything, mm-hmm. absolutely nothing about this police officer. And now I actually just read like an update where they said that she's moved away from 
apartment. So is she is she live? Like is she running away? I don't even understand what what is going on right now. It's almost like there's they're not moving forward with the case, and we're left in limbo with the fact that Botham is gone. We know that whatever we do right now cannot bring him back. However, there still needs to be consequences for these actions. If not, these actions will continue to go on and mm-hmm. some people will probably believe they're above the law and they can get away with killing people. And we know that if this same thing happened to somebody probably of a Caucasian um, who is Caucasian, they will probably have no forward with the case right about now. I agree. Um, I actually, you mentioned that I think of a case sometime last year, I believe it was, where a white female, she was shot by a black police officer. I don't remember the full details of the case, but I do know that that man has already been charged. And if if I'm not mistaken, he probably is already serving his time, started serving his time. Exactly. Um, And, you know, it really is terrible. Um, I listened to Sean King. I don't know if you know who that is. Yeah, I follow him on Twitter. Yes. um, I listened to a little clip of a radio segment he did sometime last week. And he just broke down some things of what has been going on. And I thought it was so good because what he had said was Amber Geiger, the police, the Dallas Police Union, whatever their little thing is, they, they were the ones that paid her bail. Wow. Uh, they have hired a PR team for her along with lawyers and all this other stuff. Wow. Um, they are trying to treat this case as if being an off-duty police officer affords her some sort of special treatment when it doesn't. There's no laws for off-duty police officers. Now, if she was on duty, when this had happened, things would have been different. But she was off duty. So she should be treated like a civilian, like a regular person, which she is a regular person. And they there's really been nothing like they've really been trying to frame it as if, oh, this poor, tired woman just worked so hard um, and made a little mistake. (laughs) A little mistake. Uh, And it's like, what are y'all doing? Because. If this was some other type of murder case, we would have been digging through her house, digging through her history. We would have known by now what hospital she was born in, where her parents went to school. If this was something that was being treated fairly, but it's not. Exactly, exactly. And exactly what you just said, the fact that she's been treated specially when when she's actually the perpetrator and... The victim, the victim is actually the one getting exploited, like mm-hmm. knowing so much, so many things about both them, and may so rest in peace. I know that regardless of whatever they do to his name, his name will always speak for itself. Because, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, everybody who has met him at any point in his life have nothing but positive things to talk to say about him. Even his neighbor, like mm-hmm. the lady, was just full of oh, he's a nice guy and he used to help me out with groceries even play games with my boyfriend and things like that. So I know whatever their plan is, it will not work. Um, I also want to touch up on the topic about the fact that we both went to Harding and we know Harding is a predominantly white school. And <clears throat> so my Facebook is full of a lot of Harding um, 
alumni's and obviously people who still go to Harden who are my friends most of most of them are white and I've noticed while I wouldn't say it's a general pattern because I've seen some exceptional cases I've seen that most of them their posts were something like oh poor sweet both them may so rest in peace really omitting the the criminality of um, the policewoman, not really talking about the fact that that was unfair, but talking about the fact that, yes, we know he's going to go to heaven. Yes, we know he was a good man, but let's talk about the injustice. Let's, let, mm-hmm. let's, fight, let's fight for justice. I'm not saying we should be full of hatred and be full of anger, which I actually had, I struggled with when I first heard that news, but mm-hmm. it, there's a difference between staying quiet and just letting things be. There's a difference between that and actually trying to make sure that people get what they what is due to them. Like the consequences mm-hmm. of an action is treated just like that. I don't know if I'm the only one who hasn't seen that, or um, even the school itself. I think like I, I expected more, like more support, more action. Because yeah. yeah, you see people kneeling down in front of Botham's apartment. I even heard some people were arrested because they protested on behalf of him and things mm-hmm. like that. Like those are people who are vocal enough to, to to talk about these things and kind of fight for justice. And that's one of the things, um, Colin. That's one of the things they knelt for, and people still like are bashing him till today mm-hmm. about it. But we see. I I also have like. Uh, ex-college mate from Harden who was so vocal in her uh, post about Colin and this was a day after Botham was killed and mm. she was one of the people who shared how sweet Botham was and now may so rest in peace but then she would never support um, Nike again because now they're sponsoring people who are not taking the pledge the anthem seriously ignoring the complete fact about the fact about the whole issue that black lives matter and there's it's still a matter of exigency it's still something that we need to talk about so like yes we're friends but why is it that as caucasians as people who may not be at risk of this certain behavior why are we not seeing that um play do you think it's it has to do with them being caucasian or they're just really just in the name of christianity letting peace reign I honestly don't think it is them letting peace reign in the name of Christianity. Um, You know, it's so interesting you say that your timeline is filled with people um, just ignoring the criminality in it. Um, Mine has been a little bit different and it's probably because I will, I will admit a secret to you. When I add people on Facebook, especially people from Harding, or at least that I meet at Harding that I may not already be friends with and I see some of the posts that they have already a lot of times I keep them as friends but I unfollow them true I'm about because <laughs> I don't I don't want to see that stuff on my timeline and I right. want to do my best to not try to to not try to have a negative attitude towards them when I do have to encounter them in public mm-hmm. and so I don't see too much of that and I have seen a lot of posts um, from white people or reposts from my friends that are friends with other um, white students or alumni here that are 
calling out the criminality that are speaking up for justice mm-hmm. one of the first things I thought when I heard that both of them died after getting over the shock um, I thought to myself I said this will be this will be the case that wakes up a lot of people yes. because you know when something like this happens to other people in in the in the country the first thing people want to do is say well we don't know all the facts of the case mm-hmm. um this person should have listened to the police officer they should have followed instructions blaming the victim blaming the victim right, right. here is now both of them someone that the church has interactions with harding has strong ties with and you know if if you if someone was here around the same time that both of them was here, you knew him. The whole school knew him. That's just what it was. Right. So here it is now. This has happened to someone that is closely connected to a community of mostly white people. And mm-hmm. I I feel like this, is, for some people, has shaped them up to say, oh, well, you know what? Wait a second. Wait a second. He was He was just living his life. This mm-hmm. police brutality thing that they've been talking about, this this might be real you know mm-hmm. so I for the people that like you said that one girl you know she was so vocal and had so much to say about Colin Kaepernick and then you know kind of ignoring the criminality I think it's a choice I think they don't want to fully see that this country is not as great as people want to make it out to be you know there's a lot of opportunities here I won't I won't discredit the good that is in America, but I won't let that outshine the reality either. And mm-hmm. I think that's what a lot of people, especially in communities like here in Cersei, where they don't interact with a lot of people of any color, regardless mm-hmm. of your different ethnicity. They don't have a lot of interactions. Um, and the ones that they do interact with is usually people that, I don't know. I'm really trying to find a way to say this, like, in a good way. (laughs) But I have met some uh, Black people here that have grown up in small areas like this, and they don't really make too much to, like, interact with other people of other races Mm. as much as they would of interacting with white people. And so... The interactions that some of these other white students have is with those black people, people, with those right. black people, and they, you know, those black people are not getting upset about injustice right. in the society. They're not talking about things, and it might just be because they've had to suppress that for so long that they become numb to it. You know, mm-hmm. who knows what the circumstances is. Um, That's true. Actually, the the day that the news broke about both um, Harding made a statement um, and the title, the heading of the statement was like former Harding alum um, was shot in his home. And someone underneath the comment said, why is it omitting the fact that he was shot by a police officer? Like it was an older, it was an older white lady that commented and she said, um, why, why he, she, she, she went on to say he was actually shot in his home by a police officer who was off duty. Don't leave right. that fact out. Right. And, um, someone else commented under it and said, 
well, why would Harding leave? Why would the university leave out that fact? And I responded to that person and said, well, are we really surprised that they left that out? (laughs) (laughs) And then another lady, um, she commented and said, well, they left it out because that's not important. And that same woman replied and she said, actually, yes, it is. Um, (laughs) If you're going to give condolences, just give condolences. But if you want to go into the nature of how he died, then you need to give 100% facts. You're going to give 100% or 0%. Because when you just say, oh, he was shot in his home, that leads it to interpretation. Because if someone Mm -hmm. said to me, oh, he was shot in his home, I'm going to think it was a robbery right gone wrong someone came in and attacked him maybe maybe he owned a gun and the gun went off you know like it's left open to too much interpretation don't leave out the fact that he was shot by a police officer but once again people want to sort of skirt across this issue i think because it's uncomfortable for them They don't want to admit that, hey, maybe we are wrong. Maybe this country is not the land of the free and the home of the brave that we want it to be, you know? That's true. And I'm just touching on something that you um, actually mentioned just now. And I remember prior to me coming to America, I also had this view of America where, you know, uh, it's mostly a land of the free. It was everybody got good things, and there wasn't as much injustice as I now see that there is. And also the fact that you know the way media obviously portrayed the white people as the good people, the people to relate with, mm-hmm. and the African Americans as the not so good people because they probably they, um, they have tendency to be drug dealers they do you know not the good things and they're probably going to be um, associated with crime and stuff like that mm-hmm. and um, it, it is something that is portrayed to mostly African countries and most times even parents end up telling the children that oh I don't want to mix in with African Americans mm-hmm. they're thugs they're this they're that but you know you can be friends with that white girl see she's from the good home she has a mother she has a father mm-hmm, she's gonna mm-hmm. go to college and it's almost like they train you to you know talk like white people think like white people act like white people do all these things like white people by the end of the day because we don't look like white people we're still not you know we, we're probably not even accepted in that way and that can kind of shift our mentality around and sometimes even when we see all these cases of police brutality um in my place right now i know i'm in maryland and no longer in cfc but i stay with like majority of africans and i also see the narrative where they mostly always look for what the victim did wrong mm-hmm. like who is obviously african-american is probably a drug dealer he probably didn't listen you know how arrogant they are they don't listen to their elders and stuff like that so like i can relate in some way um it's it, it's really it's it's almost cultural and also it's based on the way you are brought up if the person does not really want to see the world for what it is it's it you can always like close your eyes and I thank goodness because um, I opened my eyes real quick mm-hmm. and, you know, I had to enlighten myself. And even right now, I am enlightening people around me. And it's, it, it's, not, it's not an easy thing because, like I said, it's something we've been fed by the media even for a very long time. And um, while 
this case is really unfortunate it's a topic conversation where I brought it up at home and I was like okay so this is both them who fulfilled all the boxes it ticked all the boxes that you could have put out there like you said it's always in a suit it's always smiling with people it probably had a lot of white friends white colleagues it worked in I think I can't remember the name of his place of work but it was Price a good water pl- Cooper. right it mm-hmm. was a good place to work he had qualifications he went to school he was peace loving he was in a nice neighborhood yet the same he shared the same fate as the African-American who was probably holding a toy gun and the police thought it was a real gun and mm-hmm. shot him. So I think there also needs to be, to be that education where we're telling people um, it's not really about who you are as in like, it's not really about doing the right things because at the end of the day, the color of our skin is really what determines if we're going to get killed or not. Mm-hmm. And people really need to start coming together and not just saying, oh, it's an African-American story or it's a Caribbean death or it's an African death. But we should come together as people of color and just talk about this. And perhaps even if there are people who would like to be involved in like politics, bring this to the government and have, I don't know, policies. I've just... I sometimes feel helpless as mm-hmm. an international student yeah. because, to be honest, that Saturday, all I could just think about was that if I was the case, I haven't seen my parents in like five years and then they're just going to get a phone call mm-hmm. that, oh, your daughter, your daughter is gone and you're never going to see her again because so, so, so and so. And also the fact that the police, the police woman mentioned that she saw a huge, I think a I think she said a large looming silhouette. I think that was what she called it. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and that I guess that was what scared her. And I know we're completely deviating now, but there was also this cartoon um, thing that was done about Serena Williams. And I saw was, that. Exactly. How she was depicted as like a black angry woman and all those things. Like people don't know it, but um, the media really plays a big role into how we're perceived and if we're if media would not really fix that i don't want to excuse her but she probably had like an indwelt fear of black people and mm-hmm. then she sees a large black man in her house and obviously she put two and two together in her stereotyped mind and thought oh he must be a threat like he can't just be the owner of a place because he's black and he can't mm-hmm. just be he mustn't have good intentions and I can't just shoot him in the leg or in the arm if I actually think he was going to harm me but I just have to shoot him to kill me because he can you know kill me instead so it was just it was just I I, I was thinking about all those matters and I was like wow there's there really needs to be much more education and as we go about our day as individuals in our personal fields or careers that we should always try our best to you know, let people know the truth about all this media portrayals that they're really not right. Yes. And if we say something, we really need to start making a stand and talking about it. Because for the longest, I used to like avoid topics like this. Yeah. Like, I didn't want, really want to get involved. But, you know, not saying something is actually saying something. That is so true. It. And like uh, what you talk about, um, yeah. about, sort of like this stereotype already before even coming to America 
girl I've heard similar things as well um I've heard parents back home talk about oh well, my child she was fine and then she got mixed up with those black Americans mm. and um, my parents I they didn't ever say specifically to me oh don't don't mix with black Americans but I remember hearing other people make comments I'm pretty sure at least one of my parents if not both have said things that I just thought is questionable you know <laughs> right and then it's sort of like oh well when you do make fine friends that are um here and they black Americans it's like oh well who's this person where are they from this is that the third um mm. I know I've had quite a few conversations with my parents since going to school here um, just being in America these past few years, I've had quite a few conversations, especially when um, a black person, specifically black men, because they who are targeted so much, mm. has died at the hands of police officers or in some other unjust way. And I've immediately and always defended the victim, you know, mm. And it's sort of like, oh, well, you know, maybe he should have been doing this, this, that, that they're, you know, victim blaming. And I just don't right. understand it. But it's crazy because even now, um, there are still white people that think like that in this day and age. I want to tell you a crazy story. Mm-hmm. So um, I have a job at school. Um, I've had this job for what is this, 2018? So about three to four years now. So not too long, but a good portion of time being at Harding. And one of the ladies that used to be my boss, she's a white woman from here in Arkansas. And she's married to a black man from um, a different state. Right. And at the time, it was me and another one of my friends who'd only two black people um, working at this particular job and I think I had built up a pretty solid rapport with my former boss just because you know I if I'm going to be working somewhere I'm going to make sure I'm comfortable I say what's on my mind as respectfully as possible and you know just I'm going to be myself exactly well to an extent because you know even (laughs) even in this environment it's kind of hard to be 100% yourself yeah. But I was myself as much as I allowed it to happen. And I remember one day she and I got to talking and there's another lady that uh, lives here in Cersei, um from the Caribbean and those two were friends and she was talking to me and she said, okay, so my friend, she's from this Caribbean country um, and she, she says that she's not African-American, but she's this. She's like, do you say that? And I'm like, well, yeah, because I'm not African-American. That's not my nationality. Like, I am Bahamian, but I'm right. still black. Like, you know, I made that pretty clear. There. Like, you know, I am I may not be, I don't identify as African-American. If someone asks me, I let them know that I'm black. Right. Um, and she's like, oh, you know, like, just that concept seemed kind of strange to her. And I was already confused because I'm like, honey, you got a black husband. Like, <laughs> Y'all should have been at these conversations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I, in my head, I was already confused. And so then she went on to ask me, she's like, so do most of the people in your country look like you? What? 
And I look down at my arm and I look at her. I was like, you mean like, like black? She's like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yes, we are predominantly black country. Like this the Caribbean. She's like, oh, okay. Then she said, so you refer to yourself as black. And I said, yes, because that's what I am. She's like, oh, okay, well, my husband, he actually doesn't really like being called black. He prefers to be called African-American. And I was like, why? He's black. Uh, right. You know, that's like, I was confused. I said, why not? He's black. And she's like, well, you know, the majority um, of black people in America is usually associated with being thugs and just lazy and not doing a lot of things um and he doesn't want to have that negative association he doesn't even talk to some of his family members because you know he doesn't like the way that they talk he likes to talk very proper and he doesn't he doesn't like the way some of them talk and so um yeah he just prefers to be called african-american you know then she said well you know there are some good ones but (laughs) for the most part and elizabeth girl i was like I was just stunned because everything in my brain was like, wait a second, what in the world? Because honestly, when I meet a white person or any person of a different race that is married to a black person, I automatically assume y'all didn't have these kind of conversations. Y'all must have had them. That's your spouse. That's who you uh, see all the time. Y'all got to have these kind of sensitive conversations. And to see that, like, no, the kind of conversation she was having with him, they was a lot different Uh I was so shocked and then I think to myself they have three children and two of them two of the children are like clearly more biracial like you look at them and you know all right baby you black but you might be mixed with something else and I thought you know and one of them I guess she's in high school now about to be in high school I all I could think is this poor girl because this is the this is the family life that she has to grow up with not saying that her parents are not good parents, but they definitely not gonna foster a good identity um, yeah. with her because it's like it's at this time we was talking it's twenty seventeen. So I'm like, it's twenty seventeen, and this how you still think? This how your husband think in twenty seventeen? Like that even today, like girl. Today. I had a I had a rude awakening. My eyes had to be open very quickly because I even remember before I came to Harding. I met a girl who had just graduated from a master's program at Harding and she was sort of like the sign for me that, okay, Harding is where the Lord wanted me to go. And I'm like, don't nobody know where Arkansas is? How is it that I'm meeting a girl that's just graduated from the exact same school I was looking at? I was like, okay, God, I guess this, this, this is the sign from you. And I remember her saying to me, she was like, oh, Harding's a beautiful campus. It's a good school. The people are nice. And she said to me, but you're going to realize that you black when you go there. (laughs) And girl, I was confused. I was like, I don't need to realize that. I know I'm black. Like, I ain't never been confused about that before. But very quickly, I I understood what she meant. Like, before the first semester of freshman year was out, I was like, oh, that's what she meant. (laughs) <laughs> okay okay and then my yes. eyes had to also be open that it don't matter what my passport say my passport mm-hmm. says issued by the bahamas nationality bahamian where every day when i step out my door people just see another black girl mm-hmm. they don't that, ask that you the- where you from 
oh, you are you like a black American? Are you from somewhere else? You know, mm-hmm. they don't ask those questions. And quite honestly, they don't care. And it shouldn't matter because while we here, we have to face the same sort of biases and scrutiny as black mm-hmm. Americans do. And, you know, whenever I leave this country, that will not make me any less sensitive to it. And that won't make me any less um, compassionate because it's like no you know even outside of the country there needs to be people speaking up for what's going on because you can't keep saying oh well it's these people it's their problem it's their fault mm-hmm. I remember uh, when Sandra Bland was wrongfully arrested um, yeah. and the circumstances surrounding her death were on the news I remember this Jamaican girl that was here She said, oh, well, you know, the problem with black women is they have too much attitude. It's too much. (laughs) If she had just been calm and respectful to the police officer, he wouldn't have had to arrest her. He wouldn't have had to to take to do all of that. And I was like, did she watch the same dash cam video (laughs) that I watch? Because I don't know it. And then at the same time, like, why are we okay with saying that oh well my attitude should determine a police officer's professionalism right why are you putting that on me if i'm having a bad day i'm allowed to have a bad day but guess what you're supposed to be trained to handle anybody at their best and their worst right like it's no i i shouldn't be in fear of my life i shouldn't be in fear of what is going to happen because, oh, well, you know, I snapped at this police officer. I I uh, rolled my eyes at him and he didn't like it or she didn't like it, you know? Right. And the, the annoying thing or the, um, the frustrating thing about it is we also see dash cams of people of um, Caucasian race who do the exact same thing oh, that people are saying, oh, the black woman should not do, mm-hmm. oh, the African-American child should not do, but they don't get the same treatment. The worst they could get is probably they put them on the floor and then they put the handcuffs in their arms and they put them in the car. They don't get shot. Okay, they don't. Get they, don't. they don't get maltreated. They're treated like human beings who have rights. So why are we different? Mm-hmm. That, that is my question. Like, why are we treated differently? But it's it's the world we live in, I guess. And the more we talk about it, I am hoping that there will be a change in the nearest future. I hope so. I hope so, too. Yeah. But thank you. Thank you once again for um, joining me on today's podcast. No problem. Thanks for having me. I think this, like, every time I talk to someone, especially someone that knew both of them, you know, like you say, even if it's just for a short while, I feel like it's a good way for us to really, like, decompress about what's going on and just true. talk and have some time to process to process everything and to also mm-hmm. encourage each other to like not be disheartened and not to lose faith definitely definitely and i pray that god comforts his family mm-hmm. and his loved ones and i also pray that justice is duly served in due time mm-hmm. but thank you guys for listening um i hope you've learned one or two things from today's podcast and there definitely needs to be an awareness 
of the real life situations that we face in America. I believe it's time to stop sugarcoating injustice. And um, I also think it's time for people from all races to rise up and actually see um, Black Lives Matter for what it is. Um, I hope you have a great week. Until next week, I remain your host, that Niger Muse. Have a good one.